Hi there, Chloe here. Now, before we get into the episode, I want to tell you about how you can win yourself a free retailer delegate pass worth £495 to this year's Internet Retailing Conference. It's the UK's most important e-commerce conference of the year and you could be there for free. To enter, just fill in your details at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash IRC. It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you solve your marketing problems and grow your e-commerce business. Cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and advice from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello and welcome to our latest podcast. I'm Chloe. It is great to have you out there listening. In today's episode, I'm talking to a marketing manager rather than an owner, and we are exploring how they run a much more complex than average e-commerce business. Before we get into that, here's a word from our sponsors, without whom this podcast wouldn't be possible. So please do check them out. This episode is brought to you by SendPro Online from Pitney Bowes. Shipping and mailing from your desk has never been simpler than with SendPro Online from Pitney Bowes. With SendPro Online, it's just click, send and save for as low as $4.99. That's $4.99 a month. Try it free for 30 days and get a free £10 scale when you visit pb.com forward slash masterplan. That's pb.com slash masterplan. And now to introduce today's special guest. Salva Jovels is the marketing manager at Hockerty, looking after both acquisition and conversion rate optimization. Hockerty is a made-to-measure clothing retailer, which is not the easiest thing to go about selling online. After 10 years in business, they've racked up over 250,000 customers around the globe. Hello, Salva. Hi, Chloe. Thanks for inviting us. It's great to have you here. Um, I've just given our listeners a super quick overview of the Hockerty business, but how did you personally get started in e-commerce? The thing is that five years ago, I was um, working for for a startup and having some, some other projects in different fields, everything related to social media specifically, but globally marketing online. And it was offered to me to come to, to the company, to Hockerty, um, by then, they were already five years old, so they had some experience and they had lots of customers in Europe and the United States. But I joined a company that was growing a lot, that had um, very young, talented people. And here I am five years later working for them um, here in Zurich. Now I work for them in the office in Barcelona, and now I'm here in the office in Zurich. Um, but uh, keep working, keeping working on, on this on this project. Um, we reached last year um, 250,000 customers, as you said. That's uh, quite a big number. Um, we celebrated our 10th anniversary with that big number. Um, and we are very proud of it. Um, we are based in Barcelona, um, Zurich, and Shanghai. We sell in more than 142 different countries already. So we have customers from those 142 countries. Um, and and we are leaders in, in e-commerce, in, in tailoring e-commerce in, in Europe. We are also a big player in the United States. And we are trying to consolidate that uh, leadership that we have in Europe and try to, to get into the United States with the same strength. 
Very cool. And I'm guessing uh, in terms of those locations, Shanghai is where the um, the products are actually manufactured and that the Barcelona and Zurich offices are more about the administration and the marketing of the business. Would that be right? Exactly. Exactly. In Barcelona, we have a design team, we have IT team, we have also customer service and product. Here in Zurich, uh, we have our board and we have also marketing team. Um, and in Shanghai, we have our logistic and our tailors. We are very proud to be in, in Shanghai. It's a, it's a region where since more than 200 years ago, tailoring is, uh, is art and it's a tradition. And, and we try to get the best from each of those locations to bring um, the best product to our customers. Um, it's difficult for us or for us, it's very important to, to then provide with affordable clothing. So our start points are really affordable for everyone. That's something that we cannot negotiate and we wanted to keep it like this. It's a big effort for us to keep it so low, the entrance point. Uh, our shirts come from, or you can buy a dress shirt made to measure from 39 pounds, which is really low entrance for this kind of product. And we have to keep the structure like this um, in order to, to be able to provide with, uh, with those prices. And you mentioned there are a couple of items that, that you're selling. So is it just menswear or are you doing women's wear as well? Is it the, the more formal or do you do more casual clothes too? In fact, um, we have men and females brand, Hockerty and Sumisura. Um, at some point we split it because we thought that women deserve a different, uh, different website and, and uh, the experience should be somehow different. And yes, it's obviously uh, focused on, on business clothing because suits nowadays are worn in business environment, but we try to get uh, also people who only wear shirts or even we are trying very hard. And this year we developed something uh, really, really nice on, on polo shirts. And we are very proud of our polo shirts. It's a piece that everyone can wear, even you can wear it to the beach. So. Yes, we are very business-related brand, but the thing is that as we have a, such a variety of, of products and such a variety of different fabrics, everyone can find uh, their own products in Hockerty or Sumisura. I think that's quite fascinating. So you're now making bespoke polo shirts. Exactly. So um, no size limit, um, lots of customization options for you. Um, lots of high-quality fabrics, and yeah, they are bespoke polo shirts and. I think that the start point is 30-something pounds, so it's it's really affordable. Wow, I don't think anyone listening would have assumed that bespoke tailoring was going to the going into those products. On the, the, the men's and the women's on two separate websites, have you, as, as, as the marketing manager who's looking after the traffic driving and who's looking after the conversion rates, do you find it easier to have those two websites with the, with the completely separate product sets and the slightly different customers? That's a really good question, and and we struggle a lot with that. The thing is that at some point they were the same brand, so there was a split. Um, it was uh, five or six years ago. Um, we decided that they had to be split. It two different products, different approaches, and we kind of try to have it separately in terms of uh, of communications. 
in terms of, uh, of production of product and, and in terms of design. But yeah, we try to learn from each other. We, so we try to apply similar strategies or learn from the strategies that the others use, but we try to, to also keep it um, uh, separate in terms of communication, in terms of product, of course. And, and the websites are different. And you can see that probably if you visit both, both websites uh, in the same day, you will see that they come from the same uh, company but we try to keep it uh, personally uh, tailored to to female and tailored to men different behaviors different products of course and so would i right be right at assuming that you are part of the team that works on hockerty and there's a completely separate team working on the other on the other the, the female side at this point it's like this i have worked i've been involved in in sumisura during some years but now it's completely separate and i'm not involved in sumisura we work in the same place so we share a lot of experiences we even meet every monday to share how the sales are going what are the experiences what are the campaigns and so but yes they are different person they are p- different people um creating the content and creating the campaigns so so yes it's, it's right that i'm not into sumisura now Oh, what what a great way to go about learning, though, to to have those two teams really focusing in, but sharing sharing the lessons between them. And given we're talking about team, um, how many of you are there in the business, and um, and how is how are you know what are you what are you doing? So as we said, we are in Barcelona, Zurich, and Shanghai. In Barcelona, we are um, around twenty people, um, and we are um, getting more people because we have. Um, we will have our customer service back. So we are hiring people on customer service again in Barcelona. Here in Zurich, we are um, six people at the moment, but we are trying to, to increase a little bit the team. And in Shanghai, we are almost 20 people also from our side, not counting our tailoring facilities and so on. I'm speaking only about offices. In tailoring, I don't have the number now, but we are working with different tailoring facilities and, and the number would extend a lot. Well, it's, it's a complex operation, isn't it? And, and and you mentioned there that you're rebuilding a customer service team. So is that something that's been outsourced that you've decided to bring back in-house? Exactly. At some point, um, we decided that to cover 24 hours, to cover weekends, um, we needed to outsource our service. But at the end, we feel as a very technological focused company, we feel like, yes, it's important to be covering weekends, to be covering 24 hours, and that's something we couldn't do ourselves. But it's also important, or we believe that artificial intelligence chatbots should have a, uh, a word or have a, a good role on this, on this world. So we are working very hard on developing chatbots. So most of, um, most of the, the inquiries of our of our customers could be answered at some point by a chatbot. We are working very hard on that. We are even, we launched our first versions of chatbot weeks ago, but the other part, the human part, we wanted to have it ourselves, to have it controlled, to be aligned also with the marketing team. And that's why we decided to recover it. Um, We will recover that connection between um, customer service and marketing team and we will also work a lot on, on artificial intelligence in order to answer the easy questions. Where is my order? When it will arrive? Um, what is this fabrics uh, about? Or what is the characteristics of these fabrics? Can I ask for samples? Those are the most common questions. And those common questions can don't need a, a person behind. They can be answered with a chatbot. And that's what we will try to do in the future. So trying to create that best of breed solution. 
that uses the the best method to to answer each question. How how fascinating! What platform? What's the website platform you're using to do all of this? So, as our main strength is that we have a 3D configurator that allows you to to see exactly what you're designing in the right moment in a 3D model. We were not able to create that in a, a Magento or in a Shopify environment. We needed our own tailored again the word tailored platform. So. So we, the website was built since the beginning with our own platform and our own um, structure and our own uh, back office. Oh, cool. So it's in, you, you control your website as well, completely your own code. Exactly. We have a, an IT team that can do whatever we want in the website with planification and so. But yeah, we have that ability of being able to change whatever we want. But I don't, I don't think it's worse or it's better to be like this. It's just a need that we had. We needed to be able to have a 3D configurator and that was very difficult to do on a, on a Shopify or on a Magento structure. And of course, your your product is a much more complex one to take through the e-commerce process than any other because it's bespoke. It, there's there's measurements that have to be taken and additional information that has to be put in. So I guess it's out of all the all the businesses I talk to for the podcast, you are certainly one of the ones I'm I'm least surprised that you're on a on your own tailored e-commerce system because there's an awful lot of challenges that are unique to your business. Exactly. No sizes, um, all the measurements that we have to gather, um, improvements in the configurator options. Um, I don't know if that's possible in a platform that is not done by yourself. And talking about that complexity and the challenge of getting someone to order online with no real human connection, a product as complicated as a, you know, tailored suit. Do you think it's getting the conversion is about the ease of going through the design process, I suppose, or because of the reassurance and the um, the reviews and the, the customer feedback you're able to put in front of new customers and guarantees and that sort of thing? Is it the soft side or is it the what they actually see when they're ordering side? It's so complex, our funnel and, and, and our conversion that I guess that they are both. There has to be um, uh, relevance there have, but there has to be trust behind it there has to be a, a platform that people can search for reviews and, and they see that it works but it also has to be smooth um, the design process has to be as smooth as possible um, because at the end we are having very different kind of customers there's one kind of customers that we kind of tag as fashionist or fashionista that they know exactly what they want. They know what is the difference between uh, a four buttons jacket or four buttons double-breasted jacket and a six buttons double-breasted jacket. They know perfectly that they want a six buttons and they will go for it. They will go for it and they will t- and design whatever they want. We also have another kind of customer, the other kind of customer that just wants a tailored suit for a wedding or for a big event. They just one a simple one. They don't want. They don't know the differences between all the options that we offer. And we also have to think about that customer. And sometimes uh, we want people to to have as many options as possible. But we also have to think about those people that just don't want to configure it. Tell me what it's what is okay for this kind of event. And we are trying to work on that. We are um, testing a lot lately on on adding or removing some options of the configurator or hiding them in order to, to 
to make it easier and to make it smoother for, for these kind of customers. We are also working on another project also with, with artificial intelligence. So we can, um, out of a selection of, of, um, of products and saying if you like it or not, we can decide or we can recommend you some other products based on the choice of other customers and based on your on your own choices. For those people who just want to skip the, the designing process and they just want a suit for whatever the, the, the event or whatever the reason, and, and they don't want to, they don't want to, or they don't, they don't know how to, or what is the difference in, in choosing one option on the other one. So we have to manage with these two kind of customers and lots of other profiles in the middle um, to make our conversion to cart as smooth as possible. And then once they are in cart, making them as safe as possible, the way of, of measuring themselves. Because at the end, um, why we insist so much on, on our 250,000 uh, customers is because we have that amount of measurements profile that makes our system very sophisticated and, and very accurate when, when getting uh, into, into new customers. That database allows us to, to have our, our mistakes uh, very, very reduced. And that's what we want to transmit also, that we are very experienced, very experienced on bespoke clothing. We have been 10 years, we have that amount of customers and our systems learn or have been learning with these different customers, these different profiles. So be sure that if you measure yourself wrong, some alarms will set and you will see it and you will be able to correct it. Really? So during the checkout process, if a, if a number looks crazy when they put it in as a measurement, it will actually flag and say, are you sure this is you? That number, that number will be red. And if you don't change it, because it can be, you know, a customer that has that measurement, because whatever the reason, it's like this, but we will check it. Probably you will receive an email from our customer service saying, hey, please confirm this number is okay. We will proceed with the, with the tailoring when you say it's okay. But the red number will be there for you. Wow. Because you also offer a perfect fit guarantee. So I'm guessing making sure that before you cut any cloth, the you've got all the right information is really important because it really is, although you're offering the perfect fit guarantee, a lot of the ability of creating the perfect fit is actually the, you know, the control, I guess, is in the customer's hands rather than yours. Yes, at the end, um, it can happen, even even if it's on, on the customer's side that they didn't take exactly how the video showed the measurement. Um, it can happen that the on a first order, it can happen that it comes uh, out of out of the, your your measurements. We don't care if it's your fault, if it's um, if it's on our side, that also could be. Um, we have that perfect fit guarantee that allows us to cover uh, for tailoring. If it, if the issue is small, we we ask you to go to a local tailor if you want. If you have someone who who can fix it for you, and we will uh, cover the expenses. And if really it cannot be solved, we will remake it. We will have to know where is the problem. So we will ask you to, to remeasure yourself. But even we developed two years ago a system that um, before the clothes go out from our tailoring facilities, we measure them from a camera in the top of the, of the room that measures what are those measurements, if they really match with the customer or not. So we avoid um, part of those, of those problems. Wow, my head's slightly spinning from all the levels of complexity you go to in that. So, uh, so whilst it carries on spinning, I'm, I'm going to change tack a little. And we've we've talked a lot about the kind of like the on-site funnel and the complexity of that. 
Do you find that the the off-site funnel, so getting people, making them aware of the brand, making them click through to the website and then eventually convert, do you think that that kind of marketing funnel, I suppose, is equally more complex than the average e-commerce business because of the nature of the product? Of course, absolutely. Um, you go to Zalando or any other retailer, you choose your size, you choose the color, you go to your cart, you buy it. Directly, it's a 30 minutes purchase. In our case, um, designing process is long. Um, taking your measurements cannot be done when you're in the office or when you're outside. So even we are now allowing people to say, hey, this is my height, this is my weight, this is my body shapes. And um, with your uh, database, let me, uh, let me guess or uh, guess my, my measurements. That's something that we offer. But anyway, if you want to measure yourself, it's a long process. It's not a purchase that you do in half an hour or most of our customers take some time because they even ask someone for, for feedback. Is that suit fitting me or the bride or, or a friend? That, that they want their feedback from. So the journey is long. And in that long journey, what we have to do is, is try to, to retarget people. So retargeting, remarketing, email strategies is very, very important for us. It's not like any other retailer. For us, it's a, it's a long thing. And it can take many days, many weeks to convince someone or, or, or for someone to take the, the moment to say, hey, I have a moment, I can measure myself and I can complete the order. So during that time, you have to communicate with the proper messages, not being intrusive, trying to be on the right moment, trying to adapt to the journey and trying to adapt to the behavior of the customer and trying to get the, to reach them with the good messages in the good place. So it's really complicated also that outside of the website strategy. E-commerce master plan is supported by some of the greatest companies in the e-commerce sector. Here's a reminder of who they are. Shipping and mailing from your desk has never been simpler. With Sempro Online from Pitney Bowes, it's just click, send and save for as low as $4.99 a month. Send envelopes, flats and packages right from your desk. And for being an e-commerce master plan listener, you'll receive a free 30-day trial to get started and a free £10 scale to ensure that you never overpay. Save time and money on mailing and shipping with SEMPRO Online. Starting at $4.99 per month, you can also qualify for special USPS rates for letters and priority mail shipping, calculate exact postage online and do it all by printing from your PC. Go to pb.com forward slash masterplan to access this special offer for a free 30-day trial plus a free £10 scale to get you started. That's pb.com slash masterplan. Experience shipping made simple with a free trial of SendPro Online from Pitney Bowes. It's time for the Top Tips Round. I love this section because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. So Salva, are you ready for the top tips? Yes. The book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agrees to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? Um, I have something in the list to read, which is Customer Manipulation from Chloe Thomas. But that's something, ah! I, <laughs> that's something is on my list now. But if I have to recommend something, um, I have, uh, in the last two years, one of the books that impacted m me the most is one that is called Hooked, um, How to Build David Forming uh, Product. It's from Mia Iyal. I don't know if I pronounce it properly, but it comes to the, to the basic psychology. So to 
how people or how businesses can create ads on on the customers. That's really interesting because it, it connects um, uh, our psychology, our neurological system to how marketing uh, works. And it made me think a lot. It also made me, made me think um, on how, for example, my father-in-law, who was a salesman, retired la uh, last year, how that marketing, how that salesman tried to convince people, how that uh, salesman um, tried to create um, life or, or real uh, connections with customers. And it all integrated into my mind and I tried to connect it also with online marketing. It was a really good experience for me to read that book. A couple of excellent recommendations there, even if one of them is by me. <laughs> uh, okay, the traffic top tip. Which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? You know, um, it's difficult for us to choose. So I will say, um, it's not a direct answer, but um, for us, it's important to be having multiple different sources of traffic. Um, Sometimes you rely too much, and it happened to us. We rely too much in Google Ads traffic, so we put a lot of money on that. We try to reach a lot of people, even out of uh, what we directly do, out of bespoke or out of uh, tailoring. And you feel like you're not balanced, and you could have other opportunities in other places. So I would say that for me, that the right, the right message or the right tip should be diversify it will be something that will work better for you but you have uh, you need to try things it's not possible that for you facebook or, or instagram doesn't work maybe you're not reaching their good audiences or maybe now it doesn't work because you didn't you don't have the right image or the right message but you keep evolving your message and I, i'm sure you will find the the right profitability on that so and and that's what we apply here um in hockerty uh we diversify our our um, traffic um, generation or our traffic leads and and we try to get the most out of them but try to keep track on 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 most of them i think that's a perfectly good answer for the traffic top tip because yeah you you never want to be completely reliant on one it's a scary scary place okay the tool top tips alva maybe a collaboration tool a social media plug in a phone app or just a way of working is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day um it's a typical tool but since um since we are in barcelona in zurich and there are very important teams that have to work together many times even to create a simple newsletter you have to to talk to people in barcelona um slack slack is 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 a place um where we can land our projects and we can communicate and there's always uh information there also the google environment um hangouts uh gmail of course google sheets uh um, that's something that, that helped us a lot to collaborate. But at the end, we needed another tool, which was Slack, to integrate everything and to land everything in one place that it's official for everyone. Excellent recommendations again. Okay, the last one, the growth top tip. If you met someone today who's focused on growing their e-commerce business from 100 orders per month to 1,000, what would be your number one tip for them? 100 orders per month, that's, that's good. I mean, first of all, congratulations. It's not easy to get into, into that level. So for me, the first thing I would do is telling him, hey, how did you make it? How did you do those 100? Try to replicate, try to expand it. So if there's possibility to expand it, meaning in terms of different products, different marketing, uh, different uh, marketing placements, different audiences, go for it. I mean, uh, try to expand it in the natural way. 
you know if it's if it's easy to do that do it like this a scale like this it's the easy way to scale love it and what would your second piece be Salva? because you said the first thing was there a second thing you wanted to share if you cannot scale that you will have to find very different uh, very different strategy i mean if there's a, a blocking point on that try to rebuild it try to to find another way to explain your brand maybe that's the that's the roof of your of your of your marketing uh, possibilities but come on you did 100 um try to expand try to do similar things and try to reach that limit once you once you reach that limit the, the issue will be different and you will have to think, to search for different solutions Yet another excellent answer. Salva, thank you so much. Your top tips and everything else have been brilliant today. Now, before we say goodbye, could you let listeners know where they can find you and Hockety on the web and social media, please? Yes. Um, it's easy to search for us, hockety.com. Even if you want to find uh, the pricing in pounds, hockety.uk. Social media, very easy. Uh, Hockety, if you find Hockety in Facebook, in Twitter, in Instagram, those are the social media that we are more... Uh, uh, active so uh, there we are and i think that we created even a, a code for the for the audience of this podcast which is master plan so with master plan code you will have a 10 percent and your first purchase so uh, we would be glad that you can test our products oh wow that's very generous of you thank you very much salva and um, thank you very much for being on the podcast today it's been a pleasure chatting with you and finding out about how you're managing that very complex type of e-commerce that is the world of the bespoke uh, bespoke clothing so thank you very much for being on today thank you very much How fascinating to hear about such a complex type of e-commerce compared to what a lot of us do. A much more complex on-site experience because you've got to get those details off the customer. They've got so many options to get through. They've even built a 3D emulator of the product as you put it together. More complicated off-site because, of course, you've got to double, double, double check that the product works for the customer and every single product you make is slightly different. And then, as I was saying at the end, very different before they get to the website as well because of those different messages you need to get there. Now, um, Salva mentioned one of my books. He called it uh, Customer Manipulation. That's what it was called when it was first published. We then rebranded it to be Customer Persuasion. So if you're looking for that one, it's called Customer Persuasion. And it is available on ebook, audiobook, and uh, paperback all via the Amazon platforms. If you want all the links from today's show and the notes and the top tips and some details of some related episodes, then head over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast. If you are a marketing manager rather than an owner of an e-commerce business, don't let that put you off applying to be a guest on the show because as you can hear from, from this interview with Salva, there's a lot marketing managers have to bring to this story as well, not just the owners. And I'm more than happy to interview marketing managers or ops managers or those who are deeply involved in certain aspects of e-commerce businesses. So if that's you, head to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast where you'll find a link to the form to apply to be a guest. I hope you have an awesome week. Keep optimizing. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com slash podcast.